From the MGMA in-home studios, welcome to the Insights Podcast. I'm Daniel Williams. To me, a successful physician leader is someone who is an agent for positive change within their organization. Someone who has the ability to motivate the people around them and um, influence their team members to accomplish whatever the shared task or goal is. That's Tara Osik talking about physician leadership. We'll hear more from Tara as well as Helen Faulkner in just a moment. But first, a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by MGMA Events. The Medical Practice Excellence Financial and Operations Conference 2023 will be held in Orlando, Florida, March 19th through the 21st. During our premier spring event, attendees will gain key insights from both disciplines and learn about topics that shape the future success of medical practice organizations. Go to mgma.com slash MPE23 to learn more and to register today. The latest value-based care report from Humana outlines many interesting findings and highlights how some physician practices found creative paths to success. Check it out now at humana.com slash VBC. Our guests today are Tara Osik, Regional Vice President, and Helen Faulkner, Director of Recruiting at Jackson Physician Search. Tara and Helen are here today to talk about the importance of and the strategies around developing strong physician leaders. Tara and Helen, welcome to the MGMA podcast. Thanks for having us. You are very welcome. Um, Tara, I'm going to start with you. Uh, For our MGMA audience, uh, they are very familiar with uh, Tony Stadahar. We've had him on many podcasts from Jackson Physician Search. Um, Haven't had you on the show before, though. So if you could just share some of your highlights, your healthcare background for our audience. Sure. So I've been in the field of healthcare for about 16 years. Um, And our our topic today is actually pretty timely as I share my background, because I initially thought I wanted to be a physician myself, but physician leadership was something that particularly appealed to me. So um, I decided to first pursue my master's degree in health administration, before medical school and fell in love with the business aspect of healthcare and the work that I was doing with physicians and for physicians. So I made a hard pivot and um, have worked for a couple of different health systems, both in my hometown of St. Louis, Missouri and Memphis, Tennessee, where I went to grad school. And my career has really encompassed physician relations, physician recruitment, of course, but also strategic planning and business development um, on the in-hospital side. And I joined Jackson Physician Search back in 2016 to open our Midwest division that's based out of St. Louis. 
And now I oversee recruitment efforts for our Midwest and upper Midwest regions. So I still recruit physicians and physician leaders myself, but I also do a great deal of consultative work for our clients and provide a lot of strategic oversight to allow my team to develop and implement best-in-class procedures and processes for recruiting and hiring the very best providers for our clients. Okay, Tara, thanks so much for that. Um, Helen, I'm going to turn to you now, ask the same thing, but I, I we have our uh, video cameras on to our listeners, letting you know that. <laughs> Helen, I'm I'm looking at your background, and I keep thinking you're in at MGMA's office. We share <laughs> the same interior designer, I think. <laughs> so you I'm were just actually... telling me. <laughs> What's that? I'm actually at our um, offices in Dallas. Okay. Um, but yes, and, and we're in the process of updating our furniture here. So <laughs> if you find a good designer, let us know because we we need to spruce up our ours as well. But it, it looks great. It just feels like home <laughs> to me. So, <laughs> so Helen, um, share some of your uh, healthcare background as well for us. Yeah, so um, at first, Dan, I'm so excited to be here. So thanks for, for having us. Um, but I am the regional vice president of recruiting for Jackson uh, Physician Search in our Western region. And my career in physician search um, just was sort of happenstance. I really stumbled into it about a, a decade ago. And prior to my role as um, RVP, I was in our headquarters in Alpharetta, Georgia for eight years, um, started as a search consultant and then later a director of recruitment. And when the uh, regional vice president position opened up in, in Denver, um, I transitioned out here. You know, I am, my father is a physician um, and I've always had an interest in healthcare, but never really had the uh, aptitude for the schooling involved to become a physician or the patients, I think. Uh, so this really seemed like a great marriage of, you know, my interests. Um, and I didn't even know physician, you know, search was an industry when I started, but it's, it's been really good to me for the last 10 and a half years. And, um, you know, it's been so wonderful because I've had the opportunity to work with and recruit for health systems, multi-specialty groups, community hospitals, critical access hospitals, private practices, and, you know, various community settings from towns of a thousand people to major metropolitan cities across the U.S. Uh, and I've had the opportunity to recruit across all specialties and have led several physician um, leadership searches as well. So everything from, you know, medical director to program director to C-suite physician executive searches. Um, and much like Tara, you know, I'm still very much involved with physician search. Um, you know, in fact, that's still one of the, my favorite parts of, of my job. Uh, is the the physician recruitment piece and the the consultative um, or consultation that goes along with it? Yeah, well, thank y'all both for just giving us a background because again, we know Tony. We've had Tony on the on the uh, show many times, and we've covered physician search from different angles, from that recruitment side, from the retention side, from uh, you know building the culture side. Uh, we were putting our heads together to think about ways that we could engage uh, our listeners here today. And one of those was on the actual physician leader. We really wanted to look at that side of that within a practice. And so, Helen, I'm going to stay with you here for this question. How do you uh, define a, success a, a successful physician leader? Yeah, so, you know, 
first and foremost, I think it's necessary that they possess a strong clinical acumen. Um, and, and, you know, in addition to that, obviously they, they need to have good interpersonal and communication skills and wrapped into that is the ability to effectively manage and coordinate a team, uh, the ability to give and receive feedback in a constructive way and, and overall just a high emotional intelligence. Uh, additionally, an effective physician leader needs to understand how clinical medicine is operationalized, you know, understanding the business of healthcare and in, including the financial piece of things, you know, insurance, insurance structure, cost of care to patients, um, and additionally, really understanding quality and, and safety. You know, I think it's interesting, Dan, because there's from, from very early on physicians in their careers are, are leaders and teachers, right? As residents, they lead teams of junior residents um, and or other providers. And whether they know it or not, you know, in a lot of, of cases, they lead and direct throughout their entire career, whether it's in academia as an attending physician or in clinical practice supervising APPs as a private practitioner running a, a private practice. So, and that all leads me to believe that there are a lot of physicians out there who really have untapped leadership um, potential and, and, and the ability to be really effective leaders. Yeah, that's a great point about the untapped potential there for leadership. Um, so we're going to go into that in more detail. Tara, I did want to ask you the same question about what your definition or your thoughts are on what a physician leader looks like. Yeah, um, Helen touched on a lot of great points, and I'd, I'd echo many things that she said. To me, a successful physician leader is someone who is an agent for positive change within their organization, someone who has the ability to motivate the people around them and um, influence their team members to accomplish whatever the shared task or goal is. Um, and again, Helen's comment about possessing a strong understanding of the business of healthcare is a really critical piece of that as well. Um, as I think about some of the really incredible physician leaders that I've had the chance to work with throughout my career and think about what they've had in common, I think the very best ones have been approachable and adaptable, um, certainly influential. Um, I'd say good communicators and even better listeners. Um, they've been able to create a safe and inclusive workplace um, that really values diversity and inclusion and collaboration. Um, I think they were very self-aware individuals who recognized their strengths and weaknesses and knew how to build a strong team of other people with skills and viewpoints and styles that were different from their own. Uh, but at the core of it, I think the most successful physician leaders have had a genuine passion for improving not only their practice and organization, but the community at large, a really mission-minded approach is probably how I'd say it, um, to medicine. And they weren't in it for a title or prestige, but rather to make a, a genuine impact and difference. Okay. You touched on a lot of points there that um, are vital to that leadership element. Um, and, and so much of that is, you were talking about, Tara, leading teams, um, leading the staff, uh, even looking out into the community as well and be a strong voice 
in the community, one other aspect of this is actually having um, a physician on the board um, mm -hmm. because there's, there's leading the team and there's engaging with patients and those are great ways to be leaders. Um, but there's also being in the boardroom as well and helping carve out the direction of the overall practice, the overall organization. So Tara, I wanna stay with you for this one first. Why is it important then? Talk about that importance to have um, a physician own the actual board as well. Mm -hmm. um, I believe that a physician leader having a seat in the boardroom is absolutely crucial to that organization's long-term success. Whether you're measuring clinical performance and patient outcomes or professional satisfaction and morale of um, you know, the staff within your organization. And whether you're a private practice, a medical group, a small critical access hospital, or a large academic institution, when you think about it, we rely on physicians to deliver quality care and exceptional patient satisfaction and generate revenue and lead teams of other physicians and advanced practice providers and nurses and support staff. And that's not to mention all the administrative boxes that they have to check as part of their daily job. So that really drives me to ask why some organizations trust physicians to do all of those things, but not have a seat at the table to make important decisions on behalf of their organization. And particularly those decisions that require clinical astuteness in order to implement change. Um, I, I think physician leaders can play a vital role in driving their organization forward in all areas, including finance, patient safety, quality, organizational culture, um, and beyond. And because of their experience working with other clinicians, I think they have a really keen understanding, or they could have a keen understanding of how provider teams operate, which typically allows them to optimize operations within their own team, departments, and beyond um, to influence other providers to drive change. Change can be really hard. Um, and I think, you know, in certain ways, um, physicians are driven to innovate, um, but in other ways, they can be creatures of, of habit. And in healthcare, particularly, employees are more likely in this field than almost any other to be a little bit more rigid in their thoughts and actions and more focused on existing ideas and policies and procedures rather than seeing a broader context or bigger picture, right? So having a physician leader in your boardroom can really help cultivate buy-in for change among the medical staff. And that buy-in part is important in order for them to be effective change agents. Um, the medical staff likely will be far more resistant to adopting such change without them having a seat at the table. Yeah, Tara, the, you uh, gave me uh, deja vu of my very first podcast interview, I think from 2018, where we were talking about culture. And this guest said was the reason uh, that drives a lot of, um, you know, practices into just stasis is because, uh, you know, when you ask, why do you do a certain process this way? It's because we've always done it this way, mm -hmm. you know, as opposed to innovating. So, um, Helen, I want to, I want to go back to you then as well. And, and if you have anything else you want to add to 
the importance of having that physician voice on that board for a practice or a health system or a hospital? Yeah, you know, Tara really hit 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 it all, but it, there's a lot of evidence that suggests that, you know, quality physician leadership and, and having physicians on the board has a significant impact on quality of care outcomes, finances, and even on physician burnout, you know, and that's, that is the buzzword right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, so last year, uh, Jackson Physician Search in partnership with MGMA surveyed physicians and administrators to really understand their views on physician issues following the COVID-19 pandemic and recent staffing changes. Um, and the survey really looked at understanding how healthcare organizations were trying to influence better physician recruitment, engagement, retention, mitigate burnout, um, and how both the clinical and administrative sides perceive those efforts. There was a few key themes that emerged from the study, but one being that genuine two-way communication between management and physicians remains a top desire among the physicians that were surveyed. Uh, And really there is no better way, in my opinion, to engage your physicians, to drive change than to have them involved in leadership, in the the key decisions. And there is not to mention value for those physicians in your organization who are not leaders, are not the physician leaders, but to, to them to know that they have another clinician representing and advocating for their interests. I mean, I think that goes a long way. Um, I have a client that I've worked with, a community health system that I've worked with for a very long time. And one of their greatest strengths, and it's been a great strength in recruitment, is that they are physician-led. And a lot of organizations will bill themselves as we are physician-led, but they're not really physician-led. This organization truly is. They have doctors at all levels of leadership, um, and they are actively seeking out ways to increase the number of physicians that they have in leadership. Uh, one, one thing that really stands out is that all of their physician leaders are at a minimum 10% clinical. So they're in the trenches. They know the day-to-day challenges, the pain points. Um, and, you know, because of that, they're better able to advocate and, and, um, incite change in their various service lines as needed. Um, and that has just been not a not only a great recruitment tool, but an amazing retention tool. I mean, they have incredible retention at that organization. Um, and a lot of it, I, in my opinion, boils down to the doctors truly have a voice in the way that the practice, their practices run and really in how the greater organization operates. Um, And it's not just necessarily, you know, that they've got a a number of people in medical director roles or C-suite, but it's, it's outside of how you would commonly think of a physician leader. Um, They have lots of opportunities for committee involvement, you know, a quality improvement project. So they do a great job of really engaging those doctors on their medical staff that, that want to um, have, have an opportunity to, to make a change in, in the organization. Yeah, Helen, you make some great points because as we were just talking about, there's innovation is happening. There's seismic changes happening in healthcare. I mean, in their own way. I mean, just the pandemic is one example of this. And to have a voice of uh, a physician who is still a practicing physician um, 
I think that's it's so vital because they can say, I, I'm living this myself. So they can come back and give real life examples to the rest of the board there. So that is so important. Um, got a couple more questions before we sign off today. One, um, Helen, I want to stay with you on this. And it really does deal with the staffing epidemic. I mean, there's no other way to talk about it. Um, I think I ask about staffing in every single interview now because that is top of mind. When we survey uh, the MGMA members in our stat polls and in any other engagement we have with them, uh, the staffing question does come up because it has a rippling effect. It's not just we're understaffed, but it's the load of tasks and hours that the remaining staff have to shoulder and burden uh, to take care of everyone else. So. I want to talk about how important it is to find physician leaders out there, Helen. So in this staffing world that we're talking about with a lower number of <laughs> qualified candidates out there, we're all competing now for those qualified candidates. Where do you find those physician leaders? Give us the advice here. Yeah, you know, a great place to start, Dan, is tapping physicians already in the organization. You know, that's not only, it's not only a great way to drive engagement, but is also a good retention plan for the doctors on staff that are, you know, of the baby boomer or the Gen X, right, generation. Um, those physicians bring a tremendous amount of knowledge and experience to a team. Um, and so it's all about finding new ways to, to challenge themselves. You know, they may be at a point in their career where, where they are burnt out on the clinical side of medicine, but they have so much to give when it comes to, you know, leadership and, and operations. And so it's about finding new ways to, to, in, to continue to have those physicians be a part of your organization, um, you know, opportunities for professional growth and advancement um, and, and potential for leadership. And they can, they still will drive a tremendous amount of value to your organization um, outside of just, you know, the value that they would bring clinically. Um, and, you know, if there's no clear physician leadership candidates within your organization, the next step would be to tap your network, tap the network of your physicians, um, but perhaps the most efficient and effective way to find a physician executive or physician leader is through a, a search firm. It's to select the right partner, um, and that partner should have a large network of physicians um, that they can tap into. You know, physician executive search is time consuming. Uh, it's one, it's a process that needs to be done with a lot of care. And with a dedicated recruiter, whether that's somebody internal to your organization or outside of your organization, uh, that person can ensure, you know, that that all the right things are being done, candidates are being, being vetted thoroughly um, to ensure that the right leader is being selected for your organization. Okay. Uh, Tara, I wanted to direct that question to you as well. If you had thoughts on how to either cultivate those physicians internally as leaders or identify them externally, wherever you want to go with this? Sure. Well, having worked directly for a health system and through my years of experience here at Jackson Physician Search, I think one of the biggest challenges that we see organizations continually facing is crafting an effective leadership development and succession plan and having an actual plan for both of those things to ensure that the organization is proactive instead of 
reactive in placing their next physician leader. Um, from an internal standpoint, I'd agree with what Helen says. I mean, if you've got uh, physicians within your organization that have the drive and the potential, they're performing well, they've got rapport and credibility with staff and certainly encompass the culture, that's a really great place to start. So from an internal standpoint, I think defining what an ideal physician leader looks like and assessing that pool of possible candidates for that respective role, hopefully that will illuminate the current highest potential achievers. And, you know, healthcare organizations have to find a way to ensure that those identified as future leaders have the necessary hard and soft skills to move into that role effectively. Um, of course, physicians need to possess both medical and operational knowledge to be effective leaders. There are some core competencies that in my mind, they need to develop to succeed. Those might include emotional intelligence or EQ, conflict management, uh, decision-making skills, delegation, strategic planning, just to name a few. Um, just yesterday or two days ago, actually, I had a conversation uh, with a brand new client in Iowa. As an employer, I was encouraging my clients, and I would say the same to listeners, to be open-minded when hiring. One aspect that can differentiate your organization um, from others and, and my client was a pathway to leadership, a, a demonstrated leadership opportunity. And that came out through conversations I was having with this client. So whether that's committee involvement, as Helen mentioned, or a pathway to partnership, a future role as group president, or maybe a medical directorship of a program or service line of a hospital that your group's affiliated with, there's lots of different pathways for that. And mid or even later career physicians may have great experience or an interest in elevating their career to that level, and they could be great candidates. But we're seeing more and more young physicians coming out of residency and fellowship programs with an MBA or MHA and an interest in pursuing a leadership track in their career whenever the time and opportunity feels right. Um, one of the things I'd like to note is I've seen so many organizations actually dismiss those candidates because they were transparent in discussing their career ambitions early on in the interview process. And I've seen some practices just assume that that candidate may not be committed to providing clinical care for the long term, or that they may not be content in their role and always looking for something bigger and better. And I found that that usually isn't the case. You want to take an ambitious physician and help them cement a career with your group and to foster that ambition. You have to first make sure, of course, that they're the right cultural fit before you open the floodgates. But once they've proven that, start by delegating minor leadership roles and responsibilities. Have them participate in education or development training to teach them skills that'll benefit your practice or hospital. Um, you could offer mentorship from a senior physician leader. Provide feedback and allow that dialogue to be two-way. And I think if you can show them you've got a vested interest in their future and not just having them on as a provider that's generating revenue, but genuinely improving care, costs, and access, they're going to be so much more invested in you as a practice and loyal to your organization in the long term. All right. Well, uh, Tara and Helen, I want to thank you both so much for 
joining us on the MGMA podcast. Um, Helen had brought up something earlier, a uh, joint research between uh, Jackson Physician Search and MGMA. I wanted to let all of our listeners know we will provide a direct link to that in uh, our episode show notes, and we will provide other resources as well. So um, our listeners can go in and access any tools or resources that uh, Jackson Physician Search provides us, as well as any MGMA research on physician leadership as well. So thank you both again for joining us on the podcast. Thanks for having us, Dan. It was a pleasure. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Insights. Thanks to our guests, Tara Osik, Regional Vice President, and Helen Faulkner, Director of Recruiting at Jackson Physician Search. And if you want to access the latest trends and research on physician recruitment, go to jacksonphysiciansearch.com slash research and reports. We'd also like to thank MGMA Events and Humana for sponsoring this week's show. The Medical Practice Excellence Financial and Operations Conference 2023 will be held in Orlando, Florida, March 19th through the 21st. Go to mgma.com mpe23 to learn more and to register today. And the latest value-based care report from Humana outlines many interesting findings and highlights how some physician practices have found creative paths to success. So go check it out now at humana.com vbc. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to the MGMA Podcast Network. Hi, this is Declan McGee, one of the producers for the MGMA Insights Podcast. If you like the work we're doing, please consider becoming an MGMA member. Learn more at mgma.com slash membership. Thanks.